Uh, there is a popular Jewish thought or, or expression that scripture is, is sort of like a gem or a, a diamond. And the idea there is that as you turn it, the light refracts differently depending on, on your perspective or your viewing angle. And so the, the more that you examine it, the more that you, that you gaze on it intently and, and, and turn it and, and dig into it, that, that you're going to, to see something different revealed in it. This is part of why there's, there's value, especially in Jewish culture, but, but even in, in our culture as well, there's, there's value in exploring Scripture with, with other people because everyone's going to see something a little bit different or have a different perspective. But we ourselves may also find that there is, is light that is revealed in new ways in Scripture as our experiences shift our own perspective and, and ways of approaching Scripture. And so I have found myself already seeing some scriptures in, in a little bit of a different light as a result of, of the last couple of weeks and, and what we've been going through and, and kind of our current situation. And the one that has really jumped out to me in that way is in James chapter 4. And so this is going to, I'm going to read for us James chapter 4, verses 13 through 17. Now listen, you who say... Today or tomorrow we will go out to this or that city, spend a year there, carry on business, and make money. Why, you do not even know what will happen tomorrow. What is your life? You are a mist that appears for a little while and then vanishes. Instead, you ought to say, if it is the Lord's will, we will live and do this or that. As it is, you boast in your arrogant schemes. All such boasting is evil. If anyone then knows the good they ought to do and doesn't do it, it is sin for them. And so I've, I've read that scripture for, for a long time. I've, I've taught it before. But, but these last couple of weeks, I think it has hit home in a new way. Because I think we've seen the full effect of the, the fragility, the frailty, and as James says, the arrogance of human plans or schemes. I mean, even the Olympics have been canceled or at least postponed. And in case you haven't seen it, there's even a reimagined Olympics logo that promotes social distancing. And just think about the preparations and, and efforts that go into putting together something like the Olympics. Countries plan and, and prepare for years. They, they build entire new structures and buildings and, and event spaces to, to host events. They, they, they spend untold resources on, on putting it together. Athletes spend years training and, and getting ready, and then just like that, it's gone. It's taken away, at least for a year. And I think the thing that really stood out to me in a new way about that particular passage was the ending of it. Where, where James, as I see it now, is basically saying, don't get too caught up in, in what you're planning to do. Just do good. And so if you see something good that needs to be done, then just do it. And I wanted to start there this morning, because we're going to go back into our, our series on the Sermon on the Mount today. We, we took a break last week and looked at some stories from Moses, but I want to get back into the sermon, at least for today, and 
I may cut this series short after today, and we may move on to something else next Sunday, but who knows about plans anymore, right? As we've learned from James and from current experiences, plans are sort of meaningless. So we'll see what happens next Sunday. But for today, we're going to jump back into the Sermon on the Mount. And in our text from this morning, we're going to be at the beginning of Matthew 7. I think this is another one of those scriptures that I've sort of I've seen in a little bit of a different light based on, on what we're going through. The light has refracted off of it in a little bit of a different way, if you will, based on, on experiences and, and what we've kind of seen in this time. And so I'm going to pick up at the beginning of Matthew 7. This is Matthew 7, verse 1. And we're going to read 1 through 5. Do not judge, or you too will be judged. For in the same way you judge others, you will be judged. And with the measure you use, it will be measured to you. Why do you look at the speck of sawdust in your brother's eye and pay no attention to the plank in your own eye? How can you say to your brother, let me take the speck out of your eye, when all the time there is a plank in your own eye? You hypocrite. First take the plank out of your own eye, and then you will see clearly to remove the speck from your brother's eye. I think it's easy for us to, to turn this into a conversation about big sins and little sins, that the sort of the encapsulated message might become something like, don't call out other people's little sins if, if you aren't dealing with your own big sins. But I don't think this is a story about Jesus comparing the sizes of sins or, or categorizing some sins as big and some as little. It's also a scripture that gets severely misused and, and abused by people who, who might say things like, you can't judge me, only God can judge me, right? And, and in doing that, a lot of times really what we're doing is just trying to justify our own behavior that we know really isn't the best for us. Maybe we know it's something we shouldn't be doing or, or it's not going to lead to a good result or outcome, but it almost becomes a shield for our own defensiveness as we, as we push others away and say, you can't, you can't say anything about this because you can't judge me, only God can judge me. But I think Jesus has something bigger in mind than all of that. Personally, I, I think this story really highlights Jesus's sense of humor. I, I think Jesus wants this part of the sermon to be funny. I think that's his intent here. I mean, when you think about this, he's asking us to imagine someone walking around with a plank sticking out of their eye, a, a log, a, a huge, you know, piece of wood sticking out of their eye, and they're walking around telling other people about the tiny specks of dust or sawdust that are in their eye. Uh, just think about what that would look like. I mean, if, if the premise of, of, of this parable, the short little story, if, if this premise was the premise of a sketch show, we'd think it was hilarious. Uh, and in fact, metaphorically, it has been. There's a sketch from the show Portlandia that I think is a perfect modern retelling of this short little parable that Jesus tells. And so here is a condensed version of that sketch. Dave, do you see that dog over there? Oh, yeah, what's the deal? Who does that? Who puts a dog outside? Does that belong to somebody? 
We've got to ask around. Yeah, hey, sure. excuse me. Is that your dog? Sir, is that your dog right there? Okay. Hey, guys. Oh, we're looking for a dog owner. Looks like a white and brown okay. dog. For real. We got an owner on the dog? Huh? There's an animal tied up to a piece of metal. I'm sure it wasn't born there. How can you guys just sit there eating? If the Titanic was sinking right there, would you just ignore it? While you guys are eating, I will not be able to eat until this is resolved. Hi, have you seen this dog? Are you the owner? Have you guys seen this? Guys, come on. I'll tell you something. We want our iced tea and our orange juice just like you do. He fainted. Oh, poor thing. Where's the waitress? Hey. Ma'am? I mean, we don't really carry dog food. Uh, what do you think of fried stuffed olives? A dog portion of it? Okay, I can tell right okay. now that we're okay. gonna want the meatballs braised with tomato. I want you to leave off the rosemary. Yeah. yeah. Uh, let's get these skillet mussels with drawn butter. Seared butter. Are you getting all this? You're not writing okay. anything down. It's, I can remember it. Oh, really? Yeah. What's the second thing we ordered? You ordered the braised meatballs. She's good. She's good. You are very good. I am really, really sorry for what you're going through. Okay, Come on, please, set it, set it down. Set it down immediately. Set it down. Immediately. Come here. You know what? Wait. He doesn't like it. Take no, it away. This spells metallic Take it away. to me. No, no, we don't want no, the water please. or anything. You know what we're going to do? We're going we're gonna to let him go. Let it go. Please. You're going to have all kinds of experiences and meet all kinds of dogs. There's some good paths out there. There's one path that goes right up the hillside. It's so pretty, you won't even believe it. And when you're thirsty, you can drink from any lake you want. Imagine the biggest lake in the whole world. The ocean. You can just drink the whole thing. You're free. Run it out, buddy. You're free, soldier. Um, Where's Tucker? I don't know, sweetie. Hi, um, did you happen to see a dog? Uh, yeah. We did see a dog, actually. You did? Okay, what, what, did you see where he went? He went that way. We, we had to let him go. Wait a minute. Who, who are you people? We, we were just gone for a few minutes. Okay, uh, how long? Well, a few minutes is like a month in dog years. We, we, it's, it's, we went to get a cookie yeah, we and... We took your dog off the pole because it was choking. Now get out of my face. It wasn't in your face. Get out of her face, it wasn't, man. She was in... Look, uh, hey, where, where are you going? Get the right thing. No, okay. We totally right thing. I'm calling the cops. I was so tired of people. with okay. Hi, Jordan. No, things. Jordan. Hey. No. Thanks Quiet down. This is ridiculous. Let's go. No crying. We don't need to cry, Jordan. I'm not crying. It's so perfect. And so this is supposed to be funny, I think. And in using humor, I think Jesus is trying to get us to see how incredibly foolish we look when we go around trying to pick others apart without being willing to examine ourselves at all. When we criticize, critique, and, and judge others without any type of, of self-awareness or self-reflection, we only end up magnifying our own shortcomings while looking completely foolish to everyone else around us. And so I do think it's important to note, though, that there, there is a difference between accountability and judgment. And, and Jesus doesn't seem to be speaking against accountability in, either, in any way here. In fact, he even says, first you should remove the plank so that you can see clearly to remove the speck out of your brother's eye. And so on one hand, that, that even assumes that there's a relationship there, right? That I'm able to, to have voice into the lives of, of those with whom I am close and with those with whom I have a relationship. But, but it also speaks to the, the fact that if I'm going to, to hold someone else accountable or hold someone else to a standard or, or, or have a, a relationship where that can happen, I have to be willing to first take a look at my own. And, and even then, I think it's important to remember that, that the goal 
is clarity. The goal is clearer vision. The goal isn't for me to, to, to remove the plank simply so that I can, can go around with free license to tell everyone else what they need to be doing with their lives, like this guy. Instead, the goal is to be able to see clearly. And ultimately, I think what seeing clearly enables us to do is it enables us to extend to others grace. And this is where I want to bring it back to, to what I mentioned earlier about light refracting off of Scripture in new ways based on, on new perspective or experiences. Because I think there's this, there's this concept and this undercurrent of grace that's holding up everything else in this story that I had never really fully appreciated or, or recognized about the story, I don't think. Because Jesus tells this, this story in the context of judgment. He says, do not judge or you too will be judged. For in the same way you judge others, you will be judged. And with the measure you use, it will be measured to you. This is just about a chapter after a teaching on prayer when he tells us this. He says, for if you forgive other people when they sin against you, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. But if you do not forgive others their sins, your Father will not forgive your sins. And then to really hammer that point home, Later on, Jesus is going to tell another parable that we call the parable of the unmerciful servant. They give stark imagery to some of these concepts I think he's getting at here in this sermon. And in that parable, what happens is there's, there's a servant who is forgiven a, a large debt. He's forgiven a debt of a large sum of money, but then he goes out and is unwilling to forgive someone else a debt of a small amount of money. And it really, it really brings to light that, that just... How, again, ridiculous someone looks when they have been forgiven much and are unwilling to forgive little in someone else. When they have been extended grace but are unwilling to extend grace to others. And so part of what clear vision looks like is it looks like a, a full appreciation and recognition for the grace and forgiveness and mercy extended to me through Jesus Christ. And that as I internalize that and as I come to appreciate that and, and recognize that and understand just how much grace I have been extended by God, it enables me to go out and to extend that to others. And it allows me to even see others more clearly than it allows me to, to see others in need of grace as well, instead of in need of judgment. Again, Jesus tells this story in the context of do not judge. And I think the way that I am most able to go about not judging others is to extend to others grace. To recognize that, that I don't know their whole story. To recognize that there are, are pieces of, of their story, pieces of their life that, that I may not be aware of or there, there, are, there are parts that, that I don't know in full. And so judgment encourages us to fill in those gaps on our own. Judgment encourages us to, to fill in the parts of the picture that, that we don't know with what we think should go there. But grace instead invites us to approach them with humility. 
Grace instead encourages us to, to approach others as, as people in equal need of grace as us. And I think this, this idea of, of extending to others grace is something that, that we always need to be aware of, but it's something that, that is especially, I think, pertinent to this season. This season of, of uncertainty, of stress, of, of anxiety, is a time when, when it may be especially important for us to remember our call to be people who extend to others grace. And so maybe for us that the people who we need to go about extending grace to the most are the, are the people in our own home. The people who now we've, we've been there at home with for, for maybe two weeks, right? And schedules have been disrupted and everything is, is discombobulated and, and that comes with a whole you know, a host of, of issues of stress and, and all kinds of other stuff. And, and so how do we respond in those situations when, when something doesn't go the way that we have expected it to at home? Are we willing to extend grace to those around us there? Are we willing to extend grace to, to those around us in our, in our community? Maybe there are people who, who aren't handling situations the way that you think they should, or maybe even aren't practicing social distancing the way that you think they should. And, and yeah, we, we can educate and, and, and we can try to, to share as much information as we can, but we can do all of those things in, in grace. And we can recognize that, that there are people who, who are going through very difficult and hard times right now as they are concerned about their future, about their income, their job their house, whatever it may be. And then maybe in some of those circumstances, they, they may not respond the way that we think they should, but how can we go about extending them grace? Each Sunday, we, we share in, in communion together as we remember the life, the ministry, the death, and the resurrection of Jesus. And, and we are reminded in that communion meal of our call to be people who carry out the ministry of reconciliation of Jesus, to be people of grace in this world. And so I, I hope that as we go forward today, as we share in this communion meal this morning, uh, that we will be reminded that it is because of Jesus that we have hope that it is because of, of Jesus that we have forgiveness. And that it is because of, of, of God's love and, and mercy poured out to us, through, to us through Jesus, that all of those things are to be seen in the ways that we interact with others. And so I want to invite us now to a time of sharing in a communion meal together. And may this time be, be one of contemplation, meditation for you, as we consider what it looks like for us to go about this week extending to people an extra measure of grace. We're going to pray our prayer of confession, and you're invited to, to pray at home if you want. As, as we typically do, I will pray the parts in yellow, uh, excuse me, I'll pray the parts in white, and then you're invited to pray the parts in yellow from home if you want. And I'll pray this, lead us in this prayer, and then we'll share in a time of, of communion, meditation, and song. Father, we confess to each other and to you, our Creator, that we fall short of being what we were created to be and what we have committed ourselves to be. Hear us, forgive us, 
renew our resolve to build the kingdom of Christ. We often seek out the easiest paths, paths of least involvement in places where we might be uncomfortable, or paths of self-centeredness. Hear us, forgive us, renew our resolve to build the kingdom of righteousness. We confess that we have not loved you with all our heart, with all our soul, with all our mind, and with all our strength. Bring us out of darkness, Lord, and into the light of your love. Hear us, forgive us, renew our resolve to build the kingdom of light. Forgive us for getting so caught up in the world's trappings and its false messages of hope that we lose sight of the hope of the kingdom, which brings healing and peace to a world in turmoil. Hear us, forgive us, renew our resolve to build the kingdom of peace. May we resolve to become more kingdom-minded, to be peacemakers here and now. Amen. Oh, my.